Hello and welcome to another episode of Playing Catch Up. I'm Tom Bailey. I'm here once again with Paul Thomas. Paul, how are you doing? How was Christmas? Everything good? Yeah. Um it was um it was nice to actually have some time in the year with not much happening. Um to have a couple of weeks where I could just chill out, relax, actually get into some of my backlog games properly, um, and actually clear a bunch of stuff that I mean means play and finish for a while. So it was it was quite nice from that perspective. Um, although I was going to say inevitably I ended up with probably more games again in the new year than <laughs> I expected. Yeah, that was going to be my question, whether you actually got some, some time for gaming or, or whether you ended up with, yeah, with an even bigger backlog. Did you, you get much games wise for Christmas then? Um, so generally what I, what I tend to do these days is, um, I, I tend to pick up my own games and then, yeah. um, just kind of save them. So I had a few titles that I wanted to sort of play on. Um, Christmas Day, which didn't happen. I played other things on Christmas Day, but um, um, yeah, I normally like try to have like one or two things. Uh, previously, I would just sort of get my, you know, somebody in my family to kind of say, "Look, this is what I want," and somebody would pick it up. But inevitably, I find that these days is that I know enough around the prices of games, and I really want them spending out on things which I know are yeah. cheaper and things like that. So they kind of know that gaming's pretty much my number one hobby and they kind of just leave me to it if that makes sense yeah, for Christmas. Yeah. No, it's very, very similar. Yeah, similar thing at this end. Like it, it used to be my wife would ask me for a list of games and she'd get stuff and, and, and just as you've alluded to there, it, it kind of ended up being she'd buy something that um you know, for for more than than she should have done or, you know, like you say, mm. you've got that kind of inside knowledge of actually if you wait a couple of weeks maybe it would be in a January sale or what have you. So yeah, it tends to do the similar kind of thing, went a bit silly in the January sales as a as a kind of result of not getting anything at Christmas. But um but yeah, it's um it's all good. I didn't get as much time as I was kind of expecting over Christmas to play, but I've played a little bit here and there, but um but but yeah, enough enough. It was nice to just have a bit of downtime, as you were sort of saying there as well. Um, so what what kind of stuff have you been playing? Do you want to kick us off with with something? Yeah, you play? I can do. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna gonna start with one of your your favourite companies. Uh, I'm going to talk about two of their games, um, which is Double Find. Okay. Um, I played through all of Day of the Tentacle oh. uh, over the Christmas period, and Headlander as well. Okay. So, um, have you played either of these games? I'm guessing you played Day of the Tentacle. I've definitely played Day of the Tentacle. I'm really, really interested to hear what you thought of that. I've, I own, but have not played Headlander yet. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, Day of the Tentacle. Uh, I've never played it before. Um, yeah. so this remaster was the first time and I knew of its history. I knew, I knew kind of what to expect in terms of the, um, caliber of game, I suppose. Um, the caliber of writing, etc., and yeah. um, it 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 did a disappoint. Um, <laughs> I, I I suppose I suppose the other the other LucasArts games I've played. The only other one is Monkey Island One, I okay. think, and Indiana Jones. Um, so I haven't played sort of a lot of those classic games, Grim Fandango, Full yeah. Throttle, etc. Um, so I don't really have a standing with any sort of um, adventure games. And actually, growing up. It wasn't a genre that was really readily available to me. I didn't really have a powerful right. enough PC or a PC in the house to really play these games when they came out. And so yeah. I think I think the first one I played was Discworld on the PS1 sort of um, 
sort of mid to late 90s. So I missed a lot of the sort of what you would call, I suppose, uh, the golden era for for these sort of um, adventures. And obviously, I think we we discussed previously um, the um, the Double Fine Adventure game. I've forgotten its name oh, now. Uh, Broken, Broken Age. Age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, previously, and and I really enjoyed that. So went into Day of Tentacle sort of with um, high expectations, but um, really didn't disappoint at all. Um, <laughs> I was very surprised with the setup it was yeah. more um complex of a story in terms of in terms of not just the the way the story is but the way um the way you have to manipulate between separate characters etc was more complex yes. than i was expecting yeah. um i expected it to be a bit more linear and a bit more straightforward um but i think the fact that it was so non-linear is probably one of its greatest strengths um in terms of how the puzzles created it feels very much like you can't play the bulk of the game um through multiple different paths and i yeah. think that helps with the design because i didn't get stuck very often there were a few times i did but in general it i never felt like I've often felt with quite a lot of point and clicks, even even Broken Age, where I feel like, right, I need to go on the internet now and check something out. Yeah, um, yeah. didn't get that feeling at all throughout. There was a couple of times where you know the, the classic sort of go away, take a day, think about a puzzle or think yeah. about what I'm doing, but in general, it didn't have the snags that I normally sort of uh, run into um, in these sort of sort of things. Um, how how long ago did did you play? Did you play it as a kid? I'm sort of really interested yeah. in your your background. Yeah, so I I played it. Um, I'm trying to think. So I similarly to you, I didn't have uh, I didn't have a PC until quite late on. But my I've got two older brothers, um, and my eldest brother is 13 years older than me, so lived apart from me, but but locally. I used to go to his house. He had a PC. I'd play games. A lot of the early kind of pc games i played were around at his house uh, and the first monkey island was one of those and i'm trying to think whether day of the tentacle was at his or i also had a friend who had a pc and was into point and click stuff as well and i think maybe it was him i played day of the tentacles uh day of the tentacle around at his house sort of taking it in turns on the mouse when we were getting stuck and things um and then subsequently got it when i did get a pc when i was a little bit older and replayed but um but yeah it was um, superb. I, I I loved the Monkey Island games originally. They're the ones that made me kind of fall in love with with point and clicks. And I then played Loom, which was the LucasArts game they they made yes. before Monkey Island, yeah, yeah. Um, which is much more of a kind of straight laced um, adventure game that not doesn't have the humour that that kind of LucasArts are kind of famous for. But Dead the Tentacle is is out and out kind of aiming for that kind of amusing. Um, kind of narrative and pulls it off brilliantly as you say and and I really loved the fact that there was these three different characters that you could control and as you pointed to there you know if you get stuck with one of them you just switch to the other one and, and there's generally you know it's very rare that you're going to be stuck with all three of those characters in their different timelines um, Absolutely. but yeah I, I, you know brilliantly written really I mean it's a long time since I've played it but I, by the sounds of it that, that writing stands up Oh, uh, yeah, and, and then some. I think, yeah. um, I think as a kid, I think a lot of the jokes would have probably gone over my head. Um, yes. and I think, I think if you haven't played it as an adult, I would, I would recommend you do because, um, 
some of the writing is uh, very, very funny indeed. Um, yeah. Just there, there's a whole um, whole section with um, is it? I can't remember his name. That the 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 rocker character and you play as him. Toadie is it or Rody or something? I can never can't, can't yeah. quite remember his his name. But his scenario and where he's based, all of that, I think would have been completely lost of me as a kid, having not sort of the background in sort of American politics, etc. Oh, okay, yeah. This is the um, the kite and the key and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think, and I think some of that stuff, I just would have, you know, it would have just kind of, I wouldn't have understood it and I wouldn't have maybe... Yeah. I think some of the logical leaps you make are kind of much easier now, I think, as an yes. adult than it would have been as a child. I think that's kind of what I'm saying. And I can understand why people would have got stuck on these for sort of months and months on end because <laughs> um, as a kid, you, you probably don't know enough about certain things. Kind of. And there's certain jokes or certain things in there that are almost like tropes of jokes, you know? Yeah. So there are certain things that seem obvious to do because that's just what happens, you know? I remember very... Uh, so not really to sort of spoil um, um, this game, but... I remember when playing Discworld, there was a whole stuff around butterfly effects and like doing something in one space kind of has a impact elsewhere. And as a kid, I had no idea about any of what that meant or what it what it was about. So right, to me, with it you. was like I'm just completely confused by what I'm meant to do. And so yeah. there were bits like that in I think um, Dave the Tentacle as well, where it's like, well, it's obvious because you know, um, you know, I'm older. I, I kind of understand these these sort of ideas now a bit better. So. Um, yeah, really good. Um, there were a couple of bits where it was a little bit difficult to progress, but I don't know. Again, I think I played, I think I played quite a lot of point and clicks now to kind of know little sort of tricks of the trade, I suppose. Um, in terms of in terms of sort of getting unstuck on things, so I was really happy to kind of finish this without any sort of cheating and did it over course of a week, maybe three, four playthroughs, um, yeah. sort of separate sections, and there's a big puzzle. Um, in one of the timelines where where there's very lots of multiple parts, but because of the way I'd already done the rest of the game, I think that would have been quite tricky. But because yeah. I'd done almost everything else, it just felt natural in terms of what to do next because I had all the objects by that point that I needed. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm with you. Yeah. So it, I never really sort of found because reading afterwards, there were this particular bit was one of the sort of notorious sort of multi-part puzzles that people would get stuck on but for me because of the way i tackled sort of the game it it wasn't a big concern it just was very quickly sort of through the steps because i kind of knew what i needed yeah. to do next but no Excellent. i mean um an amazing game um top tier i mean 10 out of 10 stuff really if i'm wow honest. okay um, yeah yeah really good and just um Really, really nice what they've done as well. It's it's you know remastered. It's all kind of up-resed and um, sort of given a, a new lick of paint in terms of resolution. But I think the original art style was so bold and iconic that it, it just looks so much nicer with the sort of clean lines and stuff. They mm. do give the option to sort of flip between old and new, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of. It's it's one of those remasters where it's like, well, that's how it should have always looked. You know, that's how you remember yeah. it looking. It, yeah. You, your brain almost plays tricks on you to think, well, how could anybody play something that looked like that before? But <laughs> it, it was what it was. Uh, and what was also 
a little bit surprising as well was that I didn't realise that um, the original was all voice acted. So when the voice acting was in it, I was like, oh, I thought they might have added that for this. But no, apparently it was one of the, the first ones that had fully voice acted. Uh, yeah, if I dialogue. remember correctly, they, they released it in different versions. So they had the like talky version on CD-ROM and the original on, on floppies and what have you, I Floppy. think. Um, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> like 23 different. I, I think Monkey Island 2 literally was sort of 15, 16 floppy disks really? if I remember correctly yeah yeah ridiculous but um but yeah oh wow I'm really really pleased you you enjoyed yeah, it yeah and the, the the comedy really hit for me in a way that it didn't with Monkey Island I think I think I like things that are very absurd and I think yeah. that's what tickled me in this you know um that that's what that's what worked for me um in terms of the plot in terms of the narrative it and it and it didn't outstay its welcome it was it was pretty short all in all and I just thought it was just a nice beginning, middle, and end to the entirety of it. Um, yeah, just really, um, really good. Um, I don't know really more what to say. I'm sure everybody <laughs> knows this is a really good game. Um, go and play it. But it's I'm you know very late to the party on this in terms of um, in terms of in terms of Day of the Tentacle. But um, it, it's nice that. Um, I mean, I always say, but it's nice. Re-releases are great when you can do them like this and new audiences, etc. And yeah, and th- there were a few other things that they did to make it sort of a bit easier. There's a button you can press which will highlight all the things that are clickable in an environment. So, okay, well that definitely make a difference. Yeah, yeah. So you're not endlessly sort of looking at some object in the environment, going, "Oh, maybe I can interact with that." It's like, no, nah, you, you know. It, so things like that do help in terms of sort of yeah, um, bringing it forward, and then also. You don't have to select the words. I don't know if it did any of the sort of um, stuff all point and clicks would do, where it's like you've got to, you know, push a door instead of using a door or something like that. Right. It, just, it just literally chooses the right verb for you, where you just move your cursor and it just it just chooses it. So it's, you I don't see. have the same issues in the same way. I think there's a few where it's like push or look or pull, but in general, you don't have the twenty or so different verbs that you do yeah. when I when I switch to the original. It seems to have quite a lot, and I don't know if that's sort of a bit more prescriptive about what you do. So those sort of things, I think, help. So has it made you more interested in checking out the other remasters they've done? Yeah, so I'm good. I think I think I'm going to play um, Full Throttle next um, and and see how that sort of lands with me. I suspect it won't land in the same way because um, I'm expecting the humour to be a lot more. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's going to play on on tropes of um, heavy metal and things like I'm expecting, but I, I've got no idea um, really on any so, game. Similar to, to Day of the Tentacle, it's, it's decades since I played it, but um, if, what, from memory it is a, a more straightforward story. It doesn't play on humour as much. I think there's still okay. you know still some in there. I think it's more of a uh, a story-led if you, narrative-led if you like, but still well worth it. I think it's a lot shorter than their other point-and-click games. Okay. Um, and there were some sections, kind of action-oriented uh, uh, sections in there that felt a little bit odd at the time. Um, I'll be interested right. to see how they stand up or whether they've changed them potentially uh, with the remaster. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, you, you've th- just you just brought brought something to my attention. Yeah, there were, there were a few bits in um, in this where it feels like you have to do something. It's it's the most annoying thing in point-and-click games where. You feel you have to click something quickly because of some time thing that's happening. Okay. And I yeah. don't know if there was any in this, but there were bits where I thought I had to, but in the end, 
for one of the major ones I was getting stuck on, it it wasn't. It just wasn't an issue. I I just didn't. It was it was a random path I just didn't need to sort of go down. Um, but things like that really annoy me. <laughs> oh, so so in in full throttle again from memory, it, it's kind of outside of the normal point and click stuff. There are so obviously you're you're in a. It's around biker gangs full throttle, and there are sections where you're on the bike and. Kind right. of manoeuvring and, and potentially fighting. I can't. It's so long since I've played it. There's so definitely it's, it's a couple... very separate. It's like this is the point and click bit, and then this is the action yeah. bit. I get yeah from memory. Okay. Um, but it, whether they've updated that, like I say, I, I'm not sure. Um, but again, yeah, v- still very very good. But I would I, again, as far as I can remember, it was by far and away their shortest game that I played. Um, okay. I would definitely say definitely say worth playing. I would if you're a fan of the writing in Day of the Tentacle. I think that by far their best written game overall is is Grim Fandango. Um, it, it, one of my all time favorite games. But that said, so is Day of the Tentacle. But but Grim Fandango is 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 crazy good. Um, uh, the problem with that at the time was they went for this kind of tank control um, control system. Right. Um, yeah. It kind of veered away from the original point and click stuff. Which will probably be fine. I, the, I imagine they've put in modern controls for for the remaster. But um, uh, yeah, I would be really interested to hear what you thought of both of those. So yeah, like, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk in due course. They're, they're both they're both on my backlog. I th- I think yeah. I'm really hesitant about Grim Fandango because everything I've heard is that the puzzles are really obtuse. And oh okay. Um, yeah. if, I'm guessing you're yours almost suggesting they're not, but. I am really sort of concerned no, no, that I will be uh, again, it, playing with you know one eye on the internet and one eye on the game because I yeah, want okay. because I, what what I want to get I won't want to be in a position where I'm stuck for a month yeah when I want yeah, yeah. the story to progress you know at the end of the day that's that's why I'm playing it it's really it's yeah it's absolutely. light puzzle with story you know that's that's yeah. kind of how I see it. yeah no Grim, Grim Fandango the over overriding memory for that is the quality of the writing more than puzzles because again it, it was probably the 90s when i played it um and i probably did have a you know a magazine walkthrough to hand if if needs be by the time i got around to playing it so um but yeah no be really interested to talk through them when once you've uh once you've tackled them so no that's a surprise i, I wasn't expecting you to to come out of the gate with a point <laughs> click yeah oh, excellent uh and yeah the the other double fan game i played is headlander uh, yeah and um yeah it wasn't it wasn't great um i find i find that quite a lot with double fine games of modern modern times i think they've they've they have great ideas but they don't execute very well you know and this was another one of those i thought the concept and the idea was great just the execution was just a bit lacking do you know anything about this game whatsoever um very little i know you swap heads for potentially different abilities but that is that is really as much as i know yeah. despite owning the yes <laughs> sure so uh yeah you're ahead in a, in a glass jar a bit like futurama sort of styly uh, yeah. but a bit more sort of 70s style they're going for this really 70s sort of um feel throughout everything there's a real sort of um sort of grotty orange car car you know carpet sort of look to everything if you know what i mean you know it's got that really yeah. retro sort of um, faded sort of look to things and um, all of these sort of these rooms with like um, sort of old modern sort of styled rooms with you know shag carpets and you know um, sort of mm. those 
there's weird lights, there's circular lights and things, and like I say, sort of um, a lot of circles and a lot of thick lines and oranges and things like that in the in the color palette. So they're really sort of pushing on that on this, but set in space, it's again a bit of a hokey sort of old sci-fi space sort of um, feel to it. Uh, and you're ahead, who yeah. as as you've sort of described, you can sort of attach yourself to other bodies. Um, you do that by sort of uh, jetpacking off the right. bodies. Um, you press a button and you can literally sort of fly free form as sort of like almost like a lunar jetpack sort of, sort of setup where yeah. you can sort of um, propel yourself in lots of different directions. Um, yeah, you swap characters to solve puzzles. The cannibal colour coded. So um, your red guards can go through red doors, your blue guards through blue doors, etc. Okay. Um, and and that's kind of how it works. It's a bit of a Metroidvania sort of setup, um, and um, it, it it opens up in in quite a good sort of Metroidvania way. I would say there are there is enough kind of going back to places uh, later on um, for it to sort of feel like it's joined up. It's not that long, probably six hours at most. It has a very ill-advised okay. section in the middle which seems to be a play on chess, which just doesn't work <laughs> at all. Um, right. Don't know what they were thinking. Um, it's cute, I suppose, but it, it just, it's just it's tedious in a lot of ways. Um, right. And and the writing is, is okay. It, it has a few little jokes here and there, but nothing that sort of made me sort of think, I'm glad I've played this. I think, I think the biggest problem with the game is lack of variety in that it all feels like door puzzles a lot of the time. And then there's bits where you're the head, and that means because you're smaller, you can go up into sort of um, the air vents and things like that. Right. And sort yeah. of go through sort of piston areas and things and slow down time, etc. and kind of do some timing puzzles to, to find those objects off the beaten track, much like in a Metroidvania game where, you know, it'll be some power-up or whatever. But that's kind of it. It's that, or it's the door stuff and going around on lifts and shooting people. It kind of reminded me of um, the Strider Metroidvania remake yes. and a bit of the Shadow Complex one as well. Okay, it just yeah. didn't feel tight enough in terms of game design. I think, and I think at the moment we're going through a real sort of um, green patch in terms of really good Metroidvanias, you know, out there in terms of you know. Hollow Knight and um, mm. um, Chasm and uh, Guacamelee and all there's, there's a whole ton of them that have been released this year, but this one just felt a little, a little rushed. Maybe I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be more because I liked the concept. I thought it would layer more ideas, but I got after the first hour. It just felt like more of the same. It did. It didn't sort of go anywhere new in terms of gameplay, and I think that's what kind of ultimately made me think this is this is a bit average, which is a shame. Yeah. But um, as I say, I, I find that quite a lot with their games that they don't. I, I found that with stacking a little bit, and um, and I think Iron Brigade as well. That they, they they have these really neat little concepts, but then. They don't iterate enough on them for my liking. They don't. They don't sort of layer it to kind of get to a place where I think, oh yeah, you've you've turned, 
you've kind of explored that one idea in 20 different ways. It always feels like you've explored that one idea in three ways, you know? Mm, mm. And um, I, I don't know sort of where that comes from. But um, yeah, it was okay. It, but I, I wouldn't rush uh, to recommend or um, rush for anyone to really go and play and finish it. Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll keep that in the middle of the of the back. Just uh, yeah, put it put few, it towards the back of the pile is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, and I think I think that's true with with so many like I say, Metroidvania games out there. I think some of those more retro style pixel art ones are probably probably worth your time more than, than this is, unfortunately. Okay. Right. Um... So there's a few I've I've been playing. I'm going to start with uh, the Final Station. Have you played this? No, I haven't. Do you know anything about it? I've seen the artwork. Um, yeah. It looks cool from the artwork. Yeah. Um, it's it's got, got the, the logo seems to have a very old fashioned sort of um, steam sort of um, um, train sort of very yeah. curved one, and I've seen that and I've seen a couple of screenshots. I don't know much more than that. I don't know if it's an action game or is it a point and click or I don't know. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So it's a kind of a side-scrolling exploration game um, with more and more kind of combat elements as you progress through. Uh, it's kind of post-apocalyptic setting. Um, something unspecified is turning humans into something very non-human, whether it be zombie or, or otherwise. Uh, and you're in charge of this train and kind of charged with moving from station to station, transporting items for the authorities to to kind of aid the efforts uh, of bringing the situation under control. When you get to each stop, each station, um, the train is halted by what they call a blocker. It's essentially like an electronic, um, electromagnetic thing with a buffer. The train can't go any further until you find a four-digit code somewhere in that level um, that you need to enter before you can then move on to the next station. And... So each time you stop, you go and explore the surrounding areas, buildings, um, either killing or avoiding the enemies um, with a few different priorities as you go. Um, Obviously, first and foremost, you need to find this four-digit code that will let you unlock the blocker and and move on to the next station. Um, You also have the opportunity as you go through, if you're exploring fully, to find survivors who want to kind of join you on your journey. And if you get them to their destination alive... Uh, then you can get rewards from them that will aid you and then as you go on through the game, be it um, kind of resources or cash or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing you can uncover as you go through the levels as well, like resources like ammo, food, med kits and, and what have you. Um, and other bits and pieces you pick up essentially just get straight away um, converted to money, which will, will let you buy the more essential stuff as you go. Um, it, it it plays nicely. It's simple but effective. Side scroller, as I say, um, combat's quite nice and and um, chunky. There's the, the, uh, not a huge amount of different weapons in there, but they're but the, the combat is satisfying. Um, it's not so long that it gets too repetitive, but it, there was an element of that creeping in by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do vary the the enemy types a, a, a fair amount as you go. Um, and then each time you get back to the train with your, your kind of four-digit code, you then play the journey in between the two stations, um, sort of within the train carriages. And it's kind of a... Um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Kind of resource management. So the 
any survivors you've picked up. They might be hungry, they might be bleeding and need need bandages, um, or something on the train might break down, so like the air ventilation yeah. system might break, and you've suddenly got to rush around trying to um, kind of <laughs> uh, tend to each of these different or prioritise, and, and you know, um, in between all these different things, which can often mean you might be leaving somebody to die in in the carriage uh quite stressful to to run around not not very fun i would say uh challenging but i think that's the whole point of the game it's quite a grim dark game um and i think the whole whole point is that you can't possibly well i think if you played it perfectly perhaps you could say you can't do everything and save everybody yeah absolutely yeah yeah um the, the problem uh, obviously, is depending on what you found in the last town, you might not have enough of those supplies to go around. So that just adds to that that kind of element of of not really knowing when the best thing to do. You're constantly having to juggle these different elements to try and ensure that people survive if possible. Um, and like I say, yeah, I think I just liked the ideas, uh, the idea of those sections more than the actual implementation. Um, I just found it a little bit frustrating at times. But maybe that is just that thing in me we've talked about before, where I try and I try and do all side quests and things and try and tick yeah. every box when I play yeah. through and. If this is a game designed actually to make that as difficult as possible, then then I guess it's it's not going to mesh with me as as well as it, yeah, it, it might. There's do. no perfect run, so yeah. don't be looking yeah. for it. Sort of. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and all the while when you're in those sections in between the stations, the passengers are kind of having conversations, giving you a little bit of um, background on the story. But again, it's really hard to follow because you're running around trying to uh, trying to fill in the blanks elsewhere, uh, trying trying to tend to these different areas. So. Again, as someone who really enjoys story in games, it's quite minimal in this. You you pick up scraps of paper here and there that give you a bit more information, mm-hmm. um, diaries, you know, computer entries or emails and what have you, which, which is quite a nice way of doing it. But yeah, these seem like quite key conversations that actually I wasn't catching properly because I was running around trying to fix something that had gone wrong with the train. Um, is, it, is it voice acted those sections or is it? No, boxes? no, it's all text boxes like speech bubbles. Yeah, that's very difficult um, when they do yeah. that. To kind of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that that was frustrating, but I, I feel like I'm being overly negative. It was a, it was a fun game to play through, uh, quite a quick game to play. Um, it was it was different to um, different to most games I play, so it was in a, a bit of a palate cleanser in between bigger games. Um, and as I say, the exploration and combat sections I I, I liked well enough. Um, they were short to the point, you know, decent variety of enemy types. As I say, uh, kept up the challenge as you go. Also, with some of those kind of fragments of, of written pieces, you could tell that it's clearly made by uh, developers where English isn't their native language. There's um, the, the, the translation is quite patchy in places. To the extent that at first I thought it was deliberate, and and, and but I, as I as I went through, I, no, I don't. I think it's just again the the attention to detail isn't quite there. Um, and as I say, just with the whole nature of the game, it, it's relentlessly grim right right up until the end. So. I guess if that's not really your idea of, of fun in a game, it's best avoided. But but yeah, it, 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 similarly to you, I'd seen the screenshots and the logo and what have you and, and actually thought this this might be right up my alley and it was just just good rather than, you know, anything yeah. that really bloomed. It bloomed, didn't it didn't hit all the points you you kind of were no. hoping for. And no, absolutely. I think it's always a it, and I suspect it was just certain things that you were looking for it to make sure you could do. I'd, I'm guessing it's narrative. I, I suspect is probably the big sort of thing on this that you're yeah. sort of looking for. And and if it doesn't hit that, then it then it feels a bit. Did did it did it reach a sort of satisfying conclusion for you? Did it? 
I don't know if satisfying no. is the, the right word, but I, mean, I think, again, if, if it had been a little bit more tightly translated or, or written in the first place, I think the story it was telling had had the potential to, to hit home quite well. But I think some of those elements I've spoken about probably affected that a little bit. It was still it was still a worthwhile story, I think, and, and I, the ending was memorable. Um, but yeah, it could have been it could have been done better. I think could have been so much better. Basically. Yeah, missed yeah. opportunity. Um, what I, I'm trying to understand the stuff with I, I, it sounds again two two really separate sort of um, sort of gameplay sort of setup. Yeah, it, was is it the same perspective sort of during that that bit on the train where you're sort of rushing around? Yes, yeah, so it's, it's still direct control of a character. Yeah, direct control two uh, D. And you against a timer or something during that point? Is that how that works? Not, um, not explicitly, but essentially, yeah, that you have to help those people survive or keep fits the train for whatever the predetermined time to get to that next station is. But that's not, yeah, that's not made explicit to you. So, yeah, you just have right. to juggle all of those elements. Um, or so them, you, nev- like you a... never know when you're getting to the next station. It's not clear. No, it could be five. Minutes, no, it could be ten minutes. Which, which again can be frustrating because you you might see somebody on you know, they've got a quarter health left and you think, well, if, if I'm going to be on here another 30 seconds, they need a med kit. You run and get a med kit, which is stored at the front of the train, run back, give it to them, you know, and then two seconds later you're at the new station. Um, it, it's a waste because then you might pick up five med kits in the next level and be able to heal them the next time you're on that journey. Um, so, yeah, it, I get why they're doing it, but in practice it's it. it there are moments that are are particularly frustrating, but as I say, it's probably the point that it, that you know this is a, a a hopeless situation that you're having to try and to to sort out. But yeah, the, in terms of controls, so the the main sections, it's you know left stick two um, D movement, and the right stick is essentially um, as if as if you're playing a twin stick shooter. So you're you're aiming the cursor up and down with yes. the right stick essentially, and yes. and um, pulling the trigger to fire. That was etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really satisfying, actually, and and kind of going for headshots and what have you. Um, you feel feel yourself getting into the rhythm of the game, and it's um, that did work really well. And as I say, it's quite a small variety of guns, but um, switching between them for different situations, there there was some some skill there um, required, and and I I enjoyed the challenge of that. Um, But yeah, the 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 kind of in carriage sections in between. Um, again, as I say, I think I liked the idea of them more than than actually playing through them. Yeah, it does. It does sound a little bit frustrating from, from yeah. how you describe it. And I'm guessing you didn't have this. You don't have the same time. I think on the station sections because ultimately you've got a goal of finding the code and then getting back to the thing. Yes. Yeah. So you just, can. So you're a bit bit more free, bit bit more time to sort of play with it. Sounds like during those. Sections. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you were just playing, to just go and get that code, you could definitely miss a lot of these survivors you, you'll naturally come across some of them but i think again because of the nature the way i tend to play games i'd you find the code dead, dead avenue yeah, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> and then i'd go and search everything which just made things more frustrating because i have more more people to try and uh to look after in those sections in between so i'm my own sure. worst enemy in that respect i think um if i just played the game the way it was intended maybe it would have been a, a smoother sailing but but yeah it, it definitely an interesting game and there's some DLC out, which sounded like it changes things up a little bit, but I've I haven't I haven't um, grabbed that because, as I said, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, by I'm, the I'm guessing it's completely linear. It, it's it's not it's not roguelike in any way, shape, or form. It's 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 every level kind of follows naturally. I'm guessing. I'm pretty well. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all um, it play out the same way each time. Uh, I think, um, but. But yeah, I'm not 100% on that, but but yeah, it, it seemed that way to me. 
Um, it, it sounds a little bit like um, this war of mine. It's kind of my sort of feeling that I'm getting. Oh, okay, I haven't played that. Just, just in terms of, in terms of, you know, sort of trying to keep everyone alive and sort of yeah. moving around. But that's that's different sort of controls. But it does. I don't know. Just some of what you've, or some of the bits in The Walking Dead, in, in, if you from season one, where there's a few tiny bits. There. Yes, it sounds a bit like that to a certain degree as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I'll be honest. Um, it's kind of put me off what you've said. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was expecting it to be something very different to what you described. Oh, okay. I was ex- I was expecting to be more of maybe a walking sort of simulator or something. Was kind of my okay. sort of impression, and it doesn't sound like that. That's the case. There's a bit more action than kind of maybe I was yeah. expecting. Um, are you kind of are you kind of sort of um, restricted in terms of um, bullets and things like that as well? Do you can you get yourself yeah. into sort of yeah, but you you can pick up um, certain furniture um, and, and kill them that way. <laughs> there's there's melee as well, but you have to charge up. Like you can hit them with the butt of your gun or what have you. Um, but there's time into that, so you need to hold down the button for a few seconds to be able to do it. Um, and there are different types of enemies that will move faster than others. So again, it's ris- a risky way to go. So you could kind of go war of attrition style and try and melee everything and there are moments where that is uh, definitely a good tactic if you're going and trying and exploring everything like like I'm, I did um, but yeah no uh, resource management is definitely uh, part of the game and, and ammo is clearly you, you know your most important along with food and, and medicine during the other sections um, uh, bullets in, in the action sections are your most, most important resource by far so um, yeah yeah you are limited in that respect hmm yeah, as I say, it, it's not, it's really not doing anything for me, what you've said. It's yeah. kind of, I'm kind of already furiously looking at sort of my wish list and kind of crossing it off now because I just don't, I do not think this is for me whatsoever. I, like I say, this war of mine, I, I played a bit of that. It, it wasn't for me. It was just too grim. Um, and, and anything like that, just, I, I don't really get along with. I just, I find it stressful. I find I find the management side anything anything with too heavy item management just stresses me out. I think um, I could never yeah. play like a strategy game like um, FTL or something like that. That anything right. like that, anything where I have to make very specific decisions about things, I can't. I can't deal with. Um, I mean, I might have I might have misrepre- misrepresented slightly in terms of the amount of stuff you have to. It, it it really is quite a straightforward choice. Those sections I'm talking about, you've got um, essentially med um, med kits and uh, bandages. Sorry, food and bandages. I think it is. So there are only two two things that could end up killing the people on the train. So it's hung, you know, if they're too hungry, hungry or yeah. if they bleed out, essentially. So there are only those two things during those sections. On top of there might be four or five things that could go wrong on the train. Um, so, but, but do you, but do you feel emotionally attached to the characters in any way, shape, or form, or do they no, just no, not are really. they almost like walking item benefits? If that makes sense, they are. But I still felt gutted when one of them when okay. uh, my actions meant that one of them died, or, or lack of action meant that one of them died. But you couldn't but, tell me what their name was. No, no, absolutely were. not. No, exactly. no. Okay, but okay. I think may I think maybe some of those conversations that I missed might have helped with that, and maybe that's. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but yeah, I found I couldn't concentrate on those because I was frantically trying to go and sort other bits and pieces out. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, d- I didn't feel any real emotional attachment to it. I don't think there was enough 
there's enough game there because you, you pick them up in one level and uh, I'm trying to you think you drop them off at the next end. station and then that's the episode part I think I, I thought I, th- I think that might actually be the case well, so basically I think there are a few sta- I, I probably haven't explained this properly so there are in between chapters there might be three or four station stops so someone you pick up in the first station might want to stay on till the fourth um, okay and then you might pick one of them up only for one, for one of those legs of the journey um, before you move on to the next chapter, and then they, they, they all get off at that same point. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's still not real time to get get attached to them. It's not it's just not that type of game, really. There's not you don't get that much background inf- info on each person. Um, it's just a kind of overall picture it's painting in terms of the the type sure. of situation that's happening in the, in those towns. So yeah. Yeah, again, it's one of those things that nice idea, but it, it was a little bit underwhelming. Okay, another another game that I've been playing, um, not I've I played and kind of stopped playing a little bit, um, is a mobile game called Million Onion Hotel. Do you know what this is? Have you heard? Okay, of this? I've heard. I have heard of it. I've heard that it's really interesting. I know nothing about. Shall I give? It. You know nothing about it. Okay, nothing so I bought it. this because it was on sale. Um, it was still probably about two quid or so. Um, and it's made by a company called Onion Games. Um, <laughs> right, okay. And the guy who uh, designed it is he's he's a, he's a Japanese developer. I don't know his name, but he's been around for a long, long time. He's yeah. made some very bizarre games over the years or been involved with some bizarre games over the years. And um, I think Onion Games is kind of his own independent thing now. He's kind of gone fully independent. And that's just allowed him a bit more freedom about what he develops and where um, and what the audience is for things. So you could very much put him in line with, um, you know, a, a, a Suda 51 or yeah. uh, Sweary. He's that sort of sort of auteur sort of feel. Games he's sort of been involved with. He was involved with um, Little King's Story. I don't know if you ever played okay. that. Okay. Um, I haven't he played it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and he was involved with um, No More Heroes. He was the producer on No More Heroes. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a pseudo link. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. there was there was a couple of games that he did on the PS1 which were very bizarre as well. Um, one was like an evolution game where you're like a caveman and you sort of um, um, sort of evolve sort of um, through families and you have kids, etc. Um, so right. his stuff is is normally got a, a, some bizarre humour in there at some level. Uh, Million Onion Hotel is his second mobile game. He made a, a previous one called Dandy Dungeon. Um, which, oh, yeah. I think I which, played that briefly. Which which is bizarre. That was a free-to-play yeah. game, did you? Yeah. Yeah, which is about a guy who plays video games after he got sacked and he develops his own video game and then puts his love of his life who's the next door neighbour into the game as a princess and yeah. as you get more and more depressed and about your situation you develop more and more in this game um, it was really good but it was very bizarre Million Onion Hotel I couldn't tell you what the plot is um, <laughs> there's a hotel there's lots of inhabitants of the hotel um, and through clips there's there's a guy who visits the hotel I don't know what his name is he tends, it looks like he's careening off there with his secretary for some fun and games. Yeah. Um, and all sorts happen. It ends up getting blown up. World War Three happens, etc., etc. It's it's completely bizarre in terms of a storyline. 
um, and completely nonsensical. Uh, zombies appear, all sorts. Um, the gameplay, though, <laughs> the, game, the game is pretty frantic. It is effectively um, a bit of a real-time bingo. So you have... <laughs> okay, I wasn't expecting you to say <laughs> you that. Have, <laughs> you have a 4 by 4 grid. Um, on yeah. which sort of onions will appear because he loves onions uh, yeah. to start off with and they'll pop up and you kind of tap them and if you tap them it kind of crosses it in a bit like bingo yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. so if you get a line then they kind of you get scored for that line and then you know it kind of, you kind of keep doing it and you you, you have so much time uh, sorry you get a line and then bells will appear or timers will appear and you click those you get more time because the timers constantly sort of clicking down uh, and yeah. then when you get so far through the level, you'll get a boss. Um, but effectively, um, so you're tapping on these onions to do lines. But really what you want to do is tap on it to make sure you get two or three lines. Does that make sense? In, uh, in a, so get really. the top corner as the last one. So if you do four by four. Oh, I see. I see. Vertical and you. down. You'd want to tap the last one to make it a two line bingo or the middle Sorry. one, which would give you a three line bingo. Yeah. I've got you. So, the, so there's strategy to it. So it's not like you want to hit every onion as soon as it pops up. Then that you're you're strategizing which ones you want to you yes, want to fill in. Yes, a little bit. So you. you might go, well, I'll let that one pop up and then disappear. It's like whack a mole in, a, in yeah. some sense. You know, you you yeah. kind of want to maybe leave stuff a bit and then to get the two lines. Because if you get two lines, it goes into what they call onion time. And <laughs> during onion time, yeah. the game goes mental. Like. <laughs> Shit loads of stuff pops up and you are literally bashing your street like a madman trying to tap on everything that's popping up. The music goes insane. There's timers and stuff everywhere. Characters come on screen. It is an absolute joke when it's onion time. But that's what you want to do because if you hit onion time, you're going to get all the time you need and you're going to sort of progress through the game. Um, as you go, you're not just tapping onions. There's other creatures that appear. Some are like need long taps or some, you know, you have to um, like tap and then it splits into force so then you have to press the four separate elements do you know what I mean it's it, yeah. it's not just simple tapping every time there's there's a few other things at some point when the World War 3 happened you get bombs appearing and you need to press and hold on these umbrellas that appear in those squares um, to stop yourself losing time and blowing up the board basically so there's a bit of sort of hold taps and tap taps and fast and slow um, it gets very manic um, Yeah, and so um, you can't really play for more than three minutes. And to be honest, the game's kind of over in three minutes. You kind of play as far as you need to and the story sort of happens. And Eventually you'll finish. Um, it's quite hard. Um, it took me quite a number of goes to try and get through, I think there's three bosses or four bosses maybe, uh, to the end. The bosses are ridiculous as well. Yeah. So when you get a boss, they're kind of on the big screen again, kind of on top of where the bingo is. Um, but during sort of the bingo part and during the bus as well you'll collect these um dudes with like spears um, right all sort of tiki men or whatever um so during the bus bit you tap at the bottom screen to send all your tiki men to attack the boss a bit like pikmin or something so you tap 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 tap, tap to, to kind of attack the boss and then you'll try and play bingo in the background while he's sort of going away to get more tiki men and you go tap 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 and try and get him again so that's generally how the bosses work um it's great it's completely bizarre um it's well worth two quid um, play it, buy it. It's great. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no question whether, whether I will be buying that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do it as soon as this is over. Yeah, it sounds incredible. Um, so, so in between these rounds of real time bingo, then or whack a mole or whatever it is, is it 
is it pure story or are there other gameplay elements to it or is that that's everything you're doing within the game uh, that's all you're doing so you do tap yeah. tap tap and then at some point it'll it'll kind of pause and shatter like glass yeah. uh, and then it'll kind of flip these sort of flippers around to kind of um, bring a story section in which will be animated in a single screen sort of thing um, yeah. so it w- there won't be text it'll all be sort of just uh, animated but those things tend to then affect the, the level like I say when when and because the bingo is kind of it, it's kind of put on your phone within sort of like the, it's almost like they're the windows of the hotel so you get the outline of the hotel around as a border if that makes sense I think yeah, yeah, so it's like a big so. tall building, a bit like a, a bit like a rampage building or something like that. You know, it's like a big. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, yeah. the bingo is almost the windows on the front, and so there is some screen estate at the top and the bottom for like other things to be happening. So, yes. like I say, there is a wall that breaks out, and you'll start seeing army men shoulders kind of climbing up the side of the building and then onto your play area and yeah. stuff. So it's almost like they're interfering with the game you're trying to play a bingo effectively. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was not what I expected uh, at all, <laughs> but uh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah sounds, he's got another game great. that's just come out as well. He's got um, a game called Black Bear that's just come out on the Switch. Oh yeah, I read about that. Yeah, which is like a shooter uh, that looks very uh, interesting as well. Yeah, but I think I think the the nice thing about all of his games is that they are kind of they're very different, but I think there's a thread that ties them together, which is just general kookiness and general weirdness. Yeah. Um, but he definitely has his own sort of style to things and his own humour, um, which, which, like I say, comes off really well. Um, and I think by doing mobile games, it allows him sort of just to experiment with these things. I'm, I'm guessing Blackbeard on the Switch is also a small project and, and sort of hasn't been too expensive for him because I think mm. he's only really had three games as an independent. But um, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely different. Check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, play that, and we'll, we'll talk about it some more. I think because it sounds like there's a bit to explore there. 